you know, a word is really great because it gives this like communication. It's like, oh, you're my wife. Oh, you're my husband. You're my girlfriend. You're my partner. You're my, we're in an open relationship. We're in a polyamorous relationship. We're in a monogamous relationship. Like it gives, it gives that structure and it gives that like, oh, now we're actually speaking about something. There's a whole world that we can create here. But the paradox of that is that, yeah, then you can get, you can get boxed in to that. There's also the miscommunication of like, well, what does wife mean to me versus what wife means to you, right? What's the expectations that I have of myself as a wife versus the expectations that you have of having a wife? Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 263. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful interview with Elizabeth. She has been non-monogamous for about 12 years, and this conversation is wide-ranging and amazing. We have a lot of wonderful conversations about her personal growth and challenges she's experienced as well. Yeah, one of one of my favorite. Well, there's a couple of favorite things about this. Number yes. one, uh, Elizabeth's laugh is infectious. So if you if you are in like a bad mood, you will find yourself laughing along here. Yes, it's also a deep conversation, and she's very honest about the struggle she's had, the things she's worked through, and it's as Emma said, it's a fantastic conversation, and we're really really excited to get it out there, and just her. As she's described, right, she just kind of wrecking balled her way through it in her <laughs> 20s and just, it's, ah, okay, we need to stop. We'll just let the interview stand for itself. We will, eventually. When okay, we get there. a few more things about this one. Uh, astute listeners may know that I often uh, catch Emma with horrible jokes. <laughs> yes? <laughs> yes. Can confirm? Can confirm. Well, I I must admit I got I got one pulled over on me. You got it, punked. So, I got punked. So if you listen <laughs> till pretty close to the end, you might hear it. It's pretty funny. So well played, Elizabeth. From from Elizabeth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well played, Elizabeth. Props to you. <laughs> All right. The last thing we want to say about Elizabeth is she is a coach. She's a relationship coach. She's been coaching for over five years. She's coached over a hundred people. She'll talk a little bit about how what what her work is, but we're just Again, excited to get this out there. I can't say enough good things about this conversation. And so with that, we're going to jump right into the conversation with Elizabeth for anybody who is a premium subscriber. And for the rest of you, we've got a couple of short announcements and then all the magic we've been promising for the last 47 minutes. (laughs) It's only been two minutes, but it probably feels like 47 minutes. Not to Elizabeth. She's like, this is the best thing I've ever just just been (laughs) raining down on me. Hopefully she feels that way. 45 more minutes to go. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you're not familiar with the premium subscription, it is a way to skip all of these upfront announcements from us. So you can sign up on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, right on the homepage or in your podcast player. Next up, we would love for you to check out our community. we If you're out there looking for like-minded people, this community is amazing. Thank you so much to everyone who is part of it. We are inspired by each one of you every day, and we'd love for additional people to check it out. 
You can find out more information on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, under the community tab. Yep. And for just a couple of bucks a month, literally five, five of them a month, (laughs) you get a men's group, a women's group. You get monthly video Q&As with yours truly. With the two of us. And you get ongoing platform where you can chat, share pictures, share stories, get support all day, every day with over 200 other amazing people. So Definitely check it out. We love it. We get lost in there every day. It's pretty kick-ass. For a bit too long. (laughs) But it's It's amazing. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. So check it out again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the community tab while you're there. One more thing you should probably do is click on the events tab, and you will then see all the information about our upcoming virtual meet and greet. Absolutely, this is not part of the community. This is open to anybody. You get to pay what you want. It's a way to just come check out a lot of the amazing people from the community because they show up in, in, in droves. They do. But we've we've been averaging almost 50 people every month, and these have just been a great time. So we'd love to have you. Again, no pressure, but just a little pressure. You forgot to say the date of the next one. November 30th. <laughs> I just kept talking, hoping I knew there was something I was forgetting. At least I think you forgot well, to go back and listen. <laughs> I, I don't think I said it. November 30th, 2022. Yes. And if you miss this one, don't worry, we'll have one in December, but you really should not miss this one. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss this one. Oh, it's beach themed. Oh, yeah. That was something we came up with the other day because we know everybody on the East Coast got snowed in. Yes. So throw on, throw out your snowsuits, throw on your swimsuits and come join us. Beach themed meet and greet. That's right. You might have to turn up the heat a little bit. You're going to want to do that. (laughs) And bonus points if you fill your living room with sand. (laughs) Oh, boy. Don't, uh, I was like, I didn't I don't say know. our living room. Like, don't Their suggest that. Right. <laughs> we'll see you on November 30th. Yes. One final announcement. We just want to remind everyone that the best way, in our opinion, to get tested for STIs is to use stdcheck.com. It is efficient and discreet and the service that Finn and I use all of the time. So if you daily, <laughs> maybe not daily, <laughs> bi daily. <laughs> What is even by daily? Is that twice a day or every other day? That's my point. Nobody knows. <laughs> anyway, you can use the links on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, under the resources tab to save $10, making your panel only $129. And you get to support the show along with saving money. So it's super and awesome. giving them your blood. That's true. Get to give them your blood and urine as well. Yeah, and then they give you results. It's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. When I said bye daily, I've been going twice a day. Have you been going every other day? Because yes. I thought we were on the same page here. We're not on the same page with that. <laughs> well, maybe we should – we'll mix it up. That's a lot of money <laughs> that, you're, that, that we're both spending. Just, but you're spending a lot more than I am. Well, not for long. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we hope you all. Sorry for the side tangent. I'm not. We hope you all enjoy this wonderful conversation with Elizabeth. Let us know what you think. Head over again to our website, normalizingamonogamy.com. You can send us an email or a voicemail or not send us anything, but then you'll not get anything back. Let's go talk to Elizabeth. (laughs) Way to promote it. (laughs) Anyway, enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. We are stoked to be talking to you. We've been shooting the shit here for a minute, and it's great to have you on. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us on this sunny Friday afternoon. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like it's been an adventure getting to this point. Like you've been having adventures. I've been having adventures and now we are making a show together. And so I'm just, I'm super stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. We were just talking about the crazy lives we live and and that we were somehow able to merge them into one podcast. So here we are. We love. Yeah, you go. We would love for you to start by just introducing yourself. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Yeah, my name is Elizabeth Cunningham. I am a relationship coach, specifically for people who are polyamorous and also in the queer community. Um, Although I do coach people who are outside of those communities, primarily I coach people in polyamory and inside of queer relationships as well. Um, And yeah, I've been doing that since 2017. And uh, yeah, yeah. And it's grown into like this business. And now I've had like, I've coached over like a hundred people inside of it. And I have a whole program and like, we're creating where we literally just created um, a workbook that we're going to start like side note, side note, a shameless plug here is that I'm going to have a polyamory relationship workbook Nice. Um, that is coming out very, very soon. So I'm super excited about that. So yeah, it's just turned into this whole thing. It's been beautiful. That's Love amazing. It. The more, the more resources, the better. And so we are, we are thrilled to have you here. One, one would assume you, you yourself are practicing the non-monogamy or are you just, you've just decided to write books about it for those who, just, yeah, who decided yeah, totally. to be, yeah. <laughs> I just talked to enough people. I figured I knew a lot about it. And so I was just like, right. oh yeah, based off of my interviews. Um, no, I have been um, practicing polyamory since I was 21 and I'm now 33. So 12 years. Wow. Yeah. And so what, what got you into it back then? And, and what did it look like back then? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> Um, okay. What got me into it? Um, so for me, it's, it's definitely been a journey of this is how I've always been. Uh, some people talk about polyamory and non-monogamy as a choice. I don't feel that way. Uh, I feel like this is a part of who I am and just like how I'm wired. And so for a long time, I really thought that I was like a terrible person. I grew up in the Midwest. Um, you're either monogamous or you're a cheating, terrible human. Um, and so I was like, oh shoot. Like when I started having multiple feelings for like lots of different people at the same time, it was around, um, like in high school. And I was like, oh no, like I'm a terrible person. And then when it got into college and like, I legitimately like hated myself. I was like, oh my gosh, this must be what it feels like. Like the, the phrase once a cheater, always a cheater. And I, I wasn't cheating by the way. I was like, I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing that. Um, but I was like having these like strong feelings for people who weren't my partner, Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this must be what people deal with. This must be like the, um, what like people who are cheating, like I understand like how they feel and I'm just not acting on that. Um, and then finally, um, I started, I, it did get to the point where I was like in college and like drinking. And so then I would like get drunk and make out with people, which my boyfriend at the time was like, not cool with, which fair, that was not within the agreements of our relationship. Um, and so he broke up with me and then finally I was like, 
I don't want to feel like a terrible person anymore. And I'm not going to fight this. I'm actually just going to fully embrace it. And I'm going to tell everyone about it. Like I'm going to be as transparent as possible. And so I just started telling people like, Hey, I'm dating multiple people. And I had never heard the word polyamory before. Um, but I was studying gender and sexuality at the University of Kansas. And also outside of class, I was going to um, sexual education lectures and they had a poly panel. And so this was like mm, four or five months after I would just was just like, oh, yep, I'm just going to date everyone. I'm going to sleep with whoever I want to. And I'm going to tell everyone about it. And yeah, that like November was the poly panel. And I was like, Oh my God, now I have this word polyamory. And now I know these people who are polyamorous and this is exactly how I feel. Like it was kind of one of those, like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm not crazy. There's other people that feel this way. Like, it's just that moment when you're like, Oh, like this is actually, I am some semblance of quote unquote normal. Right. And so, so then it just, you know, went off from there. And so I think like looking back, you would probably say that I was solo poly when I first started, but I I just didn't have that terminology. Um, sure. But you could definitely like paint it that way, kind of hindsight 2020, where it was just like, I was my own human being. I was also dating multiple people. And then I kind of moved more into hierarchical polyamory. Like I was like dating a primary person. Um, and that lasted probably... Oh man. Um, until I was like 29 or something. So, so yeah. So from like 21 to 23, it was like solo poly. And then from like 23 to 29 was more hierarchical poly and then 29 onwards. So like for the past several years, it's been, um, more inside of like non-hierarchical poly, maybe like leaning relationship anarchy. Um, and so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> I love it. And somewhere in there, I assume it got to a place with, and this is just a logistical question, something that mm -hmm. got to a place with your boyfriend in college that the making out with other people and the being open didn't really jive with what he was doing. And the two of you, I'm assuming just kind of went, went your separate ways. Oh yeah. He broke up with me because, well, cause I, like I said, you know, I was trying to be as parent, uh, transparent mm -hmm. as possible. And so the first time was like not inside of an agreement. Right. It was like, sure. I made out with someone and then I felt terrible. And then the next day I told him, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I got drunk and made out with someone. And he was like, yeah, I can't be with you basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how that worked. But then later on, it was kind of funny because like, we definitely kept, kept sleeping together for like six months because we were like, well, we just have amazing sex. So that's fantastic. So we should keep doing that even though we're not dating anymore. So then we were still like kind of in an open relationship. And then like yeah. five months later, I remember this. I remember this conversation. We were like lying there and I was like, yeah. Uh, and he said something about like missing me or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I miss you too. And then he was just like, well, He's like, you know, if you would have asked me to be open, like I would have said yes. And I was like, well, then what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> okay. Like, why aren't we? <laughs> why don't we do it now? Like, right? What now? <laughs> right. Like, what's the deal? And he, right. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm so confused now. Um, but no, he, he moved to Montana. Now he has like this beautiful family and it's, it's everything worked out, but 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a it's a really valid point though that the sometimes and for some people the the label is is just really important. And even if they're okay with being open, if you're gonna say it's closed, then it's closed. And if you want to mm-hmm. say it's open, I'm okay with that. But then we have to call it something different. I think it's I think sometimes and I know I'm one of these people that like labels mean something, even mm-hmm. though like I don't care about the label. Like, I don't care what the label is, but for me, it means a thing. And so, yeah, if you say like, well, we're in a closed relationship, like that brings a set of rules for me that are very different than even if we say we're open, but we're not really like seeking other people. There's a, there's a, some type of a a shift there that happens for me. And I think it's, you know, it happens for other people. And I can see though, where he was like, well, the, almost like the cheating was too much to go back and say, well, we're in a relationship, but I can still sort of be in a relationship and still keep doing the relationship things, but we can't call it that now. Yeah. And it's, it's such a confusing thing, but I can also understand it at the same time. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, I think, and this is me totally projecting onto him. I have no idea if this is actually true, but I would assume also is that part of it is, you know, um, social, social construct and pressure because like, you know, what does it mean about you if you start dating someone who previously cheated on you? And it's just like, are you, you know, are you not intelligent? Are you, you know, are you fooling yourself? Like, and so I think that there's also like, you know, we, we don't have our relationships in a vacuum. You know, we had our group of friends at the time as well. And I think that at a certain point, his friends were like, you know, dude, like this girl is not like this girl is bad news. Right. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there's also like, you know, um, pure (laughs) for, yeah, again, like I'm, I'm saying this, but I I don't know if this is actually true for him, but like, you know, speculating that there could have been like peer pressure as well, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh yeah, like don't, don't go back with, you know, Elizabeth, because she's just going to cheat on you again, even though like we would have been open at that point and it wouldn't have been like a lie. Um, but you know, and it, and, and also there, I think to speak to your point about labels is that there is a level of security in labels, Mm -hmm. you know, because with labels comes specific expectations and, you know, you're like, oh, well, if you're my wife or if you're my husband, then these are the specific expectations of that relationship. And so it becomes, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, a security blanket in the relationship mm-hmm. where it's just like, this is, this is something that I can, you know, feel stable. And that's, and that's a human need. A human need is to feel like secure and stable and labels can often provide that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And ironically, sometimes it, well, and in, in most cases, it's a false sense of security. It's mm-hmm. uh, while we're married, they'll never, they'll never even look at another human and you're like, yeah, they, they right? will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. There's like, what is it in uh, Jessica? I, I really like the way that Jessica Fern put it in her book, Poly Secure, uh, where she said there's the paradox of words because it's so true. It's like, you know, a word is really great because it gives this like communication. It's like, Oh, you're my wife. Oh, you're my husband. You're my girlfriend. You're my partner. You're my, we're in an open relationship. We're in a polyamorous relationship. We're in a monogamous relationship. Like it gives, it gives that structure and it gives that like, Oh, now we're actually speaking about something. There's a whole world that we can create here. But the paradox of that is that, yeah, then you can get, you can get boxed in to that. There's also the miscommunication of like, well, what does wife mean to me versus what wife means to you? 
right? What's the expectations that I have of myself as a wife versus the expectations that you have of having a wife, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's yeah. super interesting. Well, and, I, and maybe even on top of that is, and this just kind of popped into my brain is like, you, you have to lean on trust in a different way because when you're, you're in a married monogamous quote unquote relationship, you've, you kind of look back and you go, well, we made this agreement 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm. Eh, you know, I don't, there's like, there like trust sort of just is built into that agreement when you say I do. And you don't really realize it. Like every day you're still making that choice to show up in that same way in that monogamous agreement. And I think sometimes it just starts to become an assumed. Mm-hmm. And so when you do break it open and you say all of those assumptions, we're not assuming them anymore. Right. And so that trust then is really like you're really building on the trust. You're not building on a label. Right. And then everything is comes down to that, which is, a, I don't know, not that there's not trust or have to be trust in a marriage. But sometimes I think people fall back on the label of husband, wife, whatever, monogamous, right. Yeah, that they don't have to worry about this other stuff, but it's it's all still there. Yeah. Because we're also human. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really love that. I love that ex, that like thought process and explanation of that. Yeah. Wow. Deep for a <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh my God. Well, and, and yeah, cause I think that having the assumption and I think that that's, that's what, you know, when people talk about opening up a relationship or, you know, practicing polyamory that, you bring up like, oh, these, all these insecurities and jealousies and things like that. It's like, yeah, because you have to have a lot of trust in the relationship and in the agreements and, and you have to be really conscious about it, right? Like you have to talk about it all the time. And so it isn't, it isn't like the, the way that we're used to doing things mm-hmm. or the way that we've seen it modeled or the way that things go. And people yeah. have a hard time trusting. Trusting is is a big one. And so actually choosing to trust every single day and working through all of those insecurities, that's it's huge. That's when, you know, I talk to people, you know, I talk about um polyamory and personal growth. And I think that they really go hand in hand. Like you can't have, in my opinion, you can't have polyamory without personal growth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's just no way to do that, I don't think. Yeah, we've, I think we've talked to a handful of people who say like, well, if you want to do this, you better be ready to grow mm-hmm. because if you don't, like it's going to be a, I mean even even if you are, it's a it can be a very painful process of breaking out of all of the stuff that that you've learned and all the stuff that is even though you feel this way, like the rest of the world is pumping it into you that, yeah. that what you're doing isn't isn't the quote unquote right way. And so you're, you're always going to be fighting it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting against the culture and, you know, standing out is something different in some ways. And hopefully we're all working, like we're obviously all working to change that, Yeah. but it still exists. And like, to your point of your, to your boyfriend in college, like there's, I'm assuming putting words in your mouth, but I'm assuming there's no models for either of you like growing up or in the society at that point. So it was, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said, like I had never even heard the word polyamory. Like when I was like, I'm just going to date and sleep with whoever I want to and multiple people. And I'm just going to tell everyone about it. Like, I'm just going to have as much integrity as I, as I know how, like I was just doing that because I was just like, 
this is who, this is clearly how I feel. This is clearly who I am. I wasn't doing it because, oh, I saw someone else do it. And so therefore I think it works. I was literally going off of no models, no, <laughs> no examples, nothing at all. Not even knowing if anybody else would be down. Like I was just like banking on the fact that I'm just like, okay, well right now I'm 21 and in college. And so people are kind of DTF anyway. So like, <laughs> and then I guess I'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that because, and I want to try to ask this question in a way that it doesn't seem like slut shamey because like if if there's people out there who are just like i just want to like go to parties and fuck people like totally cool but it, it seemed like you made the comment like i was realizing i would start to have these feelings for people like mm -hmm. a lot of different people and really big feelings and i was curious if you could talk a little bit about that because i i know you're not alone in that where you kind of move through the world and you look and you're like that person seems really awesome i wonder what's there or well oh that one's also awesome like how and I, I can see how sometimes that manifests in like, oh, we got drunk and made out at a party. But sometimes I would imagine there was more to it than just like, oh, we got drunk and made out. It was like, maybe this is my my way in or it's it's sitting on top of something else. Like, how did how did all that manifest for you, like internally, like wrestling with the feelings and the like what to do with them in a world where you like weren't supposed to be? Yeah. I think for me, I think that's a great question. I think for me at the time, it was, again, it was just kind of figuring it out on the fly and just trying to be as honest as possible. And so that's kind yeah. of what I was doing. Like I was dating two, uh, also at the time I was like in total denial that I was queer too. Um, <laughs> 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 so, Nothing like learning it all at once, right? Yeah. Right, right, totally. Um, and uh, so I was dating these two guys and I, I was telling them that I love them. You know, I was just like trying to, again, just be like, okay, this is how I feel. So I'm going to say it out loud, right? Hey, like when, um, when we first got together and I've always been a very assertive <laughs> person. Like if you just, if you, if we interviewed all of the people that I've ever dated, um, I'm pretty sure that that would be a common theme. It's like, oh yeah. Like you always, you, you can tell when Elizabeth wants what she wants. Um, <laughs> um, so I would be like, oh, like I want to date you or like, I want to progress this in some way, or I want to da -da -da -da, like, how do you feel about that? Right. Um, so I was dating these two guys, um, and I was seeing them pretty regularly. Like if you would have looked from the outside, it would have like both of those relationships would have looked fairly like mononormative. Um, and then I was also seeing this guy probably like once a month or so. And we would just like hang out, fool around. Um, and we were like, he, I guess if you want to put a label on that, it would be more in like the friends with benefits category. Sure. Um, but I also told him that I loved him too. You know, um, and then also like I had like a like insanely like insatiable sexual appetite at the time. And so I was like hooking up with new people like every single week. Right. I would just have like one night stands like every Friday. And like, that was a thing that I was doing and I was calling myself a professional slut, you know, just like low key. I was just like, Oh yeah. Like I'm a professional slut. Like I'm really good at this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like really taking that on. Right. Um, reclaiming as it were. 
Um, and yeah. also because you, you do, you have to, you have to be, you have to have a strong sense of self, um, when what you're doing, you know, and then to your point, like when what you're doing is being seen by other people as wrong, gross, you know, immoral, sinful, you know, whatever word that you want to put on it. Like you do have to have a really strong sense of self to be like, nope, this is who I am. This is what I feel. I'm not a bad person. Every single person who is in this situation is consenting, agreeing, having a good time. So no one can say boo to me about that. And so that was, that was how I was navigating that at the time. Um, it was just like, I'm just, just again, just trying to be as honest as possible and upfront as possible and really like (laughs) blazing the trail as I was (laughs) like going, like I had no, I literally had no direction. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if this is, if this is going to work long-term, I'm going to make it work for as long as I possibly can, because this is how I authentically feel. Yeah. 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 Well, and (laughs) if you are living in that, and you're showing up with integrity, right? Like mm-hmm. inevitably people are going to get hurt and mm-hmm. they may not be a good fit for what you're doing. But if you're moving through that with integrity and respect for totally. them mm-hmm. and staying true to yourself, like you, you can't, you can't be everybody's everything, everything, or even be right yeah. for everybody. There's, right. there's going to just be people who come in and be like, holy shit, this assertive woman is too much <laughs> for me. I need something different. And you're like, great, go get it. Right. Like totally. I'm going to keep getting mine. You go get yours. Absolutely. That's absolutely my attitude for sure. It's just like, yeah, if this is not, um, <laughs> what, what did I, <laughs> I say this, I, I haven't really dated in the same way that I used to for a long time. Um, but like at the time, what I was saying was like, yeah, you know, thanks for playing. Like if you're, you know, if you're not down, like, Hey, thanks for playing. Thanks for coming on a date with me. Thanks for going to get coffee. Thanks for, you know, having this conversation. Like, no worries. Like I'm not your cup of tea. Not a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but, amazing. Yeah. And that, I mean, that comes with honesty, right? You gotta, mm-hmm. you said upfront about, Hey, this is me. You can take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Like that is, but I'm not forcing it on you. Just yeah. FYI. Like, just, yeah. Just FYI. Exactly. And I'm, yeah, exactly. And I'm not being like aggressive about it. It's not like a, Oh, if you don't like me, then F you blah, blah, blah. blah. It's just like, yeah. okay. Like if you, if you like me, if you're, if you're into me, like this is how I roll. And, and people are really chill about it too. Like even, uh, you know, living in Kansas, being 21 years old, dating people who were around my age, like we were having like really responsible conversations. Like, were we always behaving responsibly? I don't know. Um, but I (laughs) questionable, um, You made it into your thirties. You couldn't have been doing too bad. Oh my God. Somehow I know there was this Facebook side tangent. There was this uh, thing on Facebook there, you know, those stupid things that are like, what magical creature are you or whatever. Um, and so it was like the, literally the first one was the Phoenix and it was like, okay, if you're a Phoenix, then you lead a really exciting, adventurous life. You always have the best stories you probably should be dead. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh shit, I'm feeling a little called out about that. (laughs) How does does Facebook know me so well? How does Facebook know me so well? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. 
you you just made a comment a minute ago that the way you date now is different than the way you used to do it. What what has mm. shifted and what what drove that change? Um well, I would not put myself necessarily in the same professional slut category anymore. It's like, if I'm still in the professional slut category, what's happened is I was like the young gung-ho salesman, you know, when you're 21, where you're just like, yeah, you're like killing it with like all the sales. You're like going out and you're talking to people, da, 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 all this stuff. It's like now, like, you know, 12 years later, it's like, okay, I have a senior management position. <laughs> Um, and I'm like more in the, okay, I know how this, I know how this game works. I know how I want to play and I, I want to be a mentor. And I also like looking at like, what do I want right now? And what do I want moving forward? And so I just feel a lot more established, I guess, to go along with my metaphor here. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I used to just be like, you know, I would talk to anybody be like, are you interested? Are you interested? Are you interested? Who are you? Da, da, da. Like, I was just so curious about every single person. Um, yeah. and now I am definitely, um, not that I'm not as curious about, I'm like immensely curious about people, but I have learned that I'm not immensely curious about dating all the people that I talk to all the time. Um, because number one, it's exhausting. And number two, I also feel like I know people a lot better now. And so I feel like in having a conversation with someone where I can be like, Oh, okay. Like I can see, and I also am like more in tune with like my body and listening to my own intuition and what I want right now and what I'm available for in my life. Like, I just feel like I'm so much more well-rounded as at 33 than I was at 21. Um, sure. <laughs> that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. And so I'm just like, Oh, okay. Like I only want to, cause at the time it was like, what qualified you to possibly be a potential partner or like someone to have sex with was like, are you attractive? Do I think that you are a decent human being and are we going to have fun together? Like that was like basically my criteria. Like, am I attracted mm -hmm. to you? Are we going to have fun? Are you a decent human being? And now my criteria is like, are you going to therapy? <laughs> like, <laughs> On yourself. <laughs> Are you working on yourself? Like, how do you, what's your opinion about the world? Like, do you have a positive view on the world? Do you think that things can go well in your life? Or are you really pessimistic? Because I'm not interested in you if you're really pessimistic and you're not going to therapy and you're not working on yourself. Also, like at the time I was like, uh, if you're curious about polyamory, I'll date you. Um, and now it's like, if you are polyamorous, I will date you. If you are not polyamorous, mm -hmm. I won't date you. But yeah. So there's yeah. also yeah. like more discernment in that category as well. Um, also, yeah, there's just, I just have more criteria <laughs> for like who gets to be in my, and, and I'm, I, again, like I'm just more in tune with what I want, with my body, with the energy that I want to surround myself with. And I have a friend of mine and we always talk about pristine energy, just like, Oh, like I want to, I want to live my life, like in my personal life, in my own personal life and, bu and bubble, like I want pristine energy. So who am I letting in to that energy that's going to 
be a part of it or add to it. Like I'm not trying to add anyone into my like intimate life that is going to take away from like the energy that I've built in my life thus far, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what is the, you've mentioned that you're kind of in a relationship hierarchy at the moment. That's kind uh, of what you've been doing for the last few years. No, the, for the hierarchy was between 23 and 29. And then oh, a relationship anarchy now. Oh, relationship anarchy. Oh, God. Okay, okay, okay. I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> uh, so relationship anarchy. So what is what is your relationship constellation look like at the moment? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> uh, I was talking. Oh, my God. I was I was sharing this with someone the other day and I was like, wow, I'm connected to a lot of people. That's cool. Um, so I have a partner that I currently live with. Um, they are, uh, kind of like dating, like dating, looking for other partners. They don't have a consistent other partner right now. Um, I have a, uh, play partner. So if like you, you know, follow me on social media, you'll like see the word like play partner. Um, and we, we have, uh, like, they are, they, they have another serious relationship and then they're also dating as well. Um, but we've been like friends forever and like we do, we just like have fun together. We we're we're like life partners in a friends with benefits way. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, we're like, oh my God, like we would never live together, but what if we like bought houses like right next to each other? Wouldn't that be so cool? Um, (laughs) yeah. And they have another person who's like probably a life partner, um, as well. And then I have a partner who just moved. So again, if you follow me on social media, um, I've been calling them long distance, my long distance love. That's the word I've been using. Um, and now I'm calling them my Boulder babe because <laughs> they moved from Boulder to <laughs> um, Washington. And they also have a, they have another long distance partner. Um, I don't know. I can think that they're always open to, I, I think they're like me where it's like, I'm always open to the, um, the idea of having another partner or talking to people or, you know, things like that, but not necessarily looking, um, if that makes sense. Um, and then I just started dating someone who lives in Oregon and they have like their own polycule down there. And so since that's new, I haven't really met anybody in that polycule, but I'm really excited to, I've talked to one of them on zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And, and somehow you found time to talk to us today. Right. <laughs> I love how, how you know, like the play partner that you mentioned, that there's no expectations, that there it has to go somewhere other than like probably like a life partner that will never, we don't want to live together, but that doesn't mean that we can't be life partners in some way that works yeah. for us. And I love that approach that I don't, you don't have to, do this relationship escalator with every like with well you don't have to do with anybody but you don't have to do it you can have different scenarios and different dynamics in your life Mm -hmm. yeah and still have really close intimate relationships with people yeah definitely absolutely and we we are like just clear that we will be in each other's lives in some capacity and the the cool thing about our relationship is that it just has 
gone from thing to thing to thing for the past like six years. And so like we've been colleagues and then we were friends and then we were dating and then it was more like back to friends. And then we were like, I was like, oh, what if we explore? Cause like when we were dating, like we had a really cool like kink dynamic. And so then like after a while of just being friends, I was like, hey, do you want to like introduce that like kink part back into our relationship? And he was like, um, yeah, absolutely. Let's fucking do that. Um, <laughs> and, and then introducing that back in. And then eventually we were like, oh, well, maybe we do want to be more committed to each other. Let's do that. And then most, most recently we've been like, you know, actually like where we, where we're at is somewhere in between like being like more of a, again, like if you look from the outside, kind of more of that mononormative, like boyfriend, girlfriend thing, um, versus like friends with benefits, like we're somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> so I just say play partner because it just keeps it simple, yeah. easy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I, I appreciate you like talking about some of the nuance there because I think it is, it's so great that you can just take a relationship and be like, it's not this and it's not this. There's not even a word for it, and that's what we do, and and it's <laughs> right. been working, yeah. and we're just going to keep doing this thing, right? So I, I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I was curious, and this and in, in, is in no way a criticism of of what you said, but sure. you said it, and now I want to pick it apart because I know there was somebody perfect. listening who went, well, "Perfect, yeah, I need to have." I'm, I've just graduated college and I need 10 years of experience for this entry level job. So you don't <laughs> you don't date polyamory. You don't date people who aren't already familiar with polyamory. So what are your recommendations for people who like, well, who the hell am I supposed to date? I want to be polyamorous. So theoretically I should be dating polyamorous people, but none of them will date me because I'm not polyamorous yet. How do you, how do you, how the hell do you break in? Elizabeth? How do you do it? Just like, like the entry level jobs that you need three years of experience in. Exactly. It's just like, what the fuck is this fucking bullshit? How am I supposed to have fucking three years of experience? It's just like, am I a wizard? Like what's happening? Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so glad I work for myself. Um, <laughs> um, no, uh, well, because there are, there are, there are people who are like, yeah, absolutely. We'll totally date, you know, um, wherever, whatever, wherever you're at, you know, like, and that's the thing is that like stepping outside of the scarcity mindset into a more abundant mindset, like there really are like when people are like, Oh, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Oh my God. That's so fucking true. Like there's literally 7 billion people on the planet. Like, they, like literally there's too many of us. Let's there's be real. so there's too many. There are too many people. We need to stop making more people that might get me in trouble, but I, I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop making more people. There's so many of us. We're literally destroying the planet. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Um, but there's there, but there are, there's so many people and there's so many people who will feel the way that you do. And yeah, you might have to sift through some people. It's like this dating is a game of patience. Like dating is not a right now game. You can make it a right now game, but you are, it, depending on what your goals are, you might be disappointed in making it a right now game. You know, <laughs> it might not be a fun game. It might not be a fun right now game. <laughs> it might not be a fun right now game. Like dating is a game of patience 
and uh, like really having the conversations and also just like living your life, like go out and live your life. Like people are like, how do you find all of these people to date? And I'm like, literally, I just live my life. Like I am not on dating apps. I, uh, um, the last time that I was on a dating app was like four years ago, maybe five years ago. I'm like, COVID is so weird. I'm, I don't know what time is anymore, but, um, <laughs> I know it distorted everyone's time, <laughs> right? Like concept of time. <laughs> I'm like th- three years plus COVID. Um, yeah. yeah so right. something like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I meet people just living my life and doing what I want to do and like talking to people and being okay. And like, that's the thing is that, uh, I was having this conversation with someone yesterday who, um, is potentially going to, um, work with me. And what they came to me asking was, how do you even start relationships with people? And so I think that that's a better question to ask than where do you find people? There's literally people everywhere. Walk outside of your door. Like there are people, unless you live on a farm in the middle of nowhere, like drive to the nearest town. There are people everywhere. Walk out your door. There are people everywhere. And so I don't think it's a question of where do you find people or even how do you find people? I think it's more of a question of what do you need to start relationships? What do you need to meet people? And I always like to ask questions with the what instead of the how, um, because when you ask a question with how it implies that you don't have the answer, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I do that implies that you don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Versus, well, what would I need to do that is an open-ended question of like, oh yeah, what, what do I need to start a relationship? Huh? Well, I guess I need to talk to people. Okay. Well, (laughs) I need to meet people. Oh, what would I need to do against keep asking like the, what, what do I need to do to meet people? Well, what do I want to do to meet people? That's a great question. What do I want to do to meet people? Oh my God. Well, if, and if you want to use dating apps to meet people, then, you know, go for it. I'm not knocking dating apps. I'm just saying I don't use them. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's such a great point. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's one that I, and we've not really used the dating apps either, but you know, if, if I were to go back in time or even like you said, to give advice to people, it's like, you know what, get involved in a thing you enjoy doing and you will inevitably be doing that thing with other people who enjoy doing the thing you enjoy doing it with. Mm-hmm. And then you know, and it doesn't have to be day one. Like I'm going to go volunteer at the, 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 sh- whatever the soup kitchen. I don't know. I made that <laughs> up. Right. You have to be day one. Like, are you interested? How about you? What about you? Like, no, go 10, 20 times, be, become part of that community, right. become like a respected person in that community and you will meet people and you will develop friendships that might turn into relationships or you'll develop relationships that might turn back into friendships. Like mm-hmm. let it happen organically, but it's not yeah. a fast game. It is not, it's not a right now game. Yeah, totally. Like my, the partner that I live with currently, we met, um, doing parkour. Wow. <laughs> I love it. But like, if you were, if you were, if you were on field or Tinder, like I want somebody who does parkour, like you'd be swiping for, for months and months and months and months and months. Right. Totally. And it was, and it was because I, I met their best friend through a leadership course that I was taking 
Um, and, uh, they, I, I was doing Olympic weightlifting at the time, fun facts. And so I was like getting super strong and like having a great time, but I was also looking for something that was more useful. Like I was like, I'm getting super strong, but why, you know? And one of the tenets of parkour is to be strong, to be useful. Mm -hmm. And she shared that. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this thing. And so talk to it you know, talk to them and was just like, Hey, I want to do this. And they were like, Oh, well, uh, Brandy and Brandy is now my partner. Brandy is, um, teaching this class. And so you should go take this beginner's class. And I was like, okay, great. And Brandy also won. Like every time I tell this story, they're like, Hey, you need to make sure that people know that we did not start dating while you were my student. <laughs> because dating is a game of patience. You because, had to wait until, yeah. Because dating is a game of patience. And honestly, at the time I was like, this is never going to happen because they're, first of all, they're my instructor. Um, second of all, I had other complicated things going on with my other relationship at the time. And I was just like, I remember telling a friend of mine being like, oh my God, I have a crush on this person named Brandy. They're my parkour instructor (laughs) (laughs) and nothing's ever going to happen with it. Like that's, I remember saying that because they were like, oh my God, you should go, you should just tell them, just tell, just like, just bring it up. You know, don't, don't be shy. Again, Elizabeth, the assertive person, but I'm also Elizabeth, the integrous person as well. And I was like, no, like this doesn't work. Like I don't want to, you know, mix that relationship or be unprofessional in any way, you know, things like that. And so, (laughs) so anyway, eventually, you know, the class ended, it was a 10 week class. And, um, then they actually ended up coming to my new year's Eve party, which was about, I think a month after the class ended, I think the class ended like early December and they ended up, they weren't invited to my Christmas or to my new year's Eve party. Um, but again, their best friend was a friend of mine and I had invited them. And so they brought Brandy and uh, then I confessed my, I would drunkenly confess my love to Brandy on new year's Eve. (laughs) And the rest was history. (laughs) And the rest is history. The rest is history. Exactly. (laughs) Ah, That's amazing. I love it. Well, I I think too, one thing that I, I maybe would love to pick apart is people here, you're a coach and you've been doing this for 12 years and it seems like you've got it all just right and smooth. Are there things you struggle with as you navigated this, Elizabeth? Oh my God. I struggle. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is a journey, not a destination. I definitely am a lot better at things, at some things than I was, you know, 12 years ago. Absolutely. I have better communication skills. I'm more aware of what I want and who I am. I am you know, I have a better facility in creating healthy relationships and seeing unhealthy relationships dynamics and like knowing what to do about it or having the resources to figure it out. Right. So there's a lot that I have gained, um, in these 12 years, but oh my gosh, no, like I don't, I don't have it all figured out at all. Um, and even then like having a lot of communication skills, like still has communication breakdown, like communication skills are not 
so that communication always goes smoothly. <laughs> like communication skills are so that when things go to shit, that you can like somehow get it back on track, you know? <laughs> like, yep, yep. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think the things that I struggle with right now, um, is that, Hmm. How do I say that succinctly? Um, what I'm struggling with right now is the, um, differences between being a, uh, supportive partner versus being like a helper or a fixer. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be to- like totally relatable. So. <laughs> this, uh, this is nearly a million dollar problem for us. That's what that's what we spend our money on therapy working on. Well, oh that's what God. I spend my money on therapy working on. <laughs> yeah. So please, please, please elaborate because it's such a it's yeah. such an important one. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, especially, um, and I think that uh, you know we we all fall into the people pleaser category in some capacity, right? Um, but I think for me, um, how I fall into the people pleaser category is that my kind of you know everybody has like core wounds, right? And one of my core wounds is that I'm a burden. And so I don't want to say anything that would cause me to be more of a burden than I'm already am. And I don't want to, um, and I also want to overcompensate for being a burden. And so I want to add as much value into the relationship as possible. And so how that manifests is like fixing my partner's problems, um, like, you know, saying that I'll do things that I don't have the capacity for, um, like, and then that creates expectations in the relationship. Everything that you do creates expectations in relationships, right? You do something and then your partner is like, Oh, they're willing to do that. Awesome. Fantastic. And so if you, um, say that you're able to do things that you don't have the capacity for, then you're constantly being strained. And then when you're constantly being strained, then you start to resent your partner. And so now the difference between being a supportive partner versus a helper or a fixer looks like, I feel like a burden, but I'm also resenting you for like, create like this, you know, uh, for you putting these expectations on me when actually I created that all in the first place. Um, I, I love the nods. Yeah, she's like, yep, 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 yep. yeah. For uh, she's over here going, "Well, I'm married. I'm married to. Uh, she's basically married to you, Elizabeth. <laughs> at this point, like the the. Uh, to be honest, the way you described that is exactly how I describe it to everybody that I try to explain it to. Mm-hmm. Like word for word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then like at the same time, I struggle with my own people ple- oh, pleasing tendencies too, yeah, yeah. and so it's like it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. I like what you said. It's, it's some in most of us, it's innate of some sort. And we all struggle with a piece of that. And it's just a yeah. matter of how it manifests itself in right. your relationships. Right. Totally. And so to answer your question, um, is that what I'm finding and the struggle that I'm having is that in shifting over into that more supportive partner role, um, is a lot more of, um, discovering my own autonomy, creating my own boundaries. And when you have been operating in 
the relationship, again, you're, whatever you're doing is creating expectations. And so basically what I'm doing right now, um, is I'm dismantling all of the expectations in the relationship and being like, actually, you can't expect that from me anymore. I'm going to do it this way now. And whenever you have an unmet expectation in a relationship, you cause an upset. Like, so I'm basically on purpose (laughs) saying that I'm not going to meet these expectations anymore. I'm not going to do that. And so I'm actually causing an upset in my relationship on purpose so that I can become more autonomous, have those boundaries, be a more healthy version of me. So that way I can make a healthier relationship. And so that in a nutshell is what I'm dealing with and doing. And it's super easy. And it's super easy. (laughs) Obviously I'm having a great time. It's basically like sipping, you know, margaritas on a beach, obviously. (laughs) It's it's chugging vodka in a closet is what it is. It is absolutely chugging vodka in a closet and and crying at the same time. It's, it's chugging vodka, crying in a closet, sobbing in a small ball, and then someone comes to open the door to check on you to see if you're okay. And you throw shoes at them. That- <laughs> which, which I, which I want to point out is, <sighs> is the exact thing that your core wound is trying to keep you from doing, which is being a burden. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I have to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question that I think I know the answer to, cause I live <laughs> this is the, the fear is there a fear that comes up for you when you have to go to one of those partners and say, I can't meet this expectation? Yeah. Well, I mean, you fear their response. Cause like you said, like you're taking an expectation that was in the relationship and you're completely like being like, that's not an expectation anymore. So you know that you're going to cause an upset, right? Even mm-hmm. if you don't think about it in those terms, like when you go to a partner saying like, I'm not available for this anymore. Like there's the fear of like, I'm going to cause an upset. This is going to be terrible. Um, there's also, yeah, there's the fear of like how, how the, the burden thing shows up is that I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've spent all of this time trying to make this relationship, um, like, like add value to the relationship. Cause that's my, you know, that's my overcompensation is add value And so it's like, oh my gosh, I am going against that. Like I'm actually taking away value from, which is not true, but like, like in my mind, that's the fear is like, I'm taking away value from the relationship. I'm becoming less valuable. And if I'm less valuable, this person is going to love me less. They're going to leave me. They're going to, you know, discover that they should have left me a long time ago. You know, all of those thoughts that like come through your mind. Um, you know, all of us and, and all of us have demons, right? That's what my mom calls them. My mom calls them demons. And she's like, everyone has demons. And those are the thoughts that like go through your mind that like, are like, you're not enough. Like you're going to what a mind, mind say something like, um, like you're not enough. Um, you're, uh, it's not that it's cause like, in the more academic sense is like the, I add value. Um, but in my mind, it's more like you're a piece of shit. Like that's how the thoughts come up in my mind. Like I say them in a nice way, but in my head, they're like, you're a piece of shit. 
like people shouldn't love you. People shouldn't love you. Right. But if you do enough stuff for them, you can you can overcome yeah. that, and they right. won't notice that, and they won't notice that you, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, because you've done <laughs> because you've done everything, and you told them you can do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I have done enough work. I have done enough like coaching, therapy, you know, all of that. That I actually don't really call myself a piece of shit anymore. Like I I I was thinking that the other day. I was like walking. <laughs> it was like one of those random thoughts where I had like this really positive thought about myself, and I was just like. Oh my god! I just had the most positive thought about myself. Oh my god, that's that's fantastic! <laughs> I am doing so well. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, love, I love the the noticing and that like the noticing of that, and then like the self talk. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And, then, totally and then the next thought is, "Damn it, I'm not humble enough. Look at me, I'm just <laughs> such a <laughs> I'm just an asshole. I know exactly. It's just like, oh, okay. Well, now I'm not a piece of shit. I'm just an arrogant asshole. Okay, good." <laughs> Good, good, good. Excellent. We're moving in the right direction. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I don't know if anyone else is relating to this, but I'm relating to it. Yeah, I know. It's good. I know. Uh, I love it. (sighs) Thank you for that and for giving Mm -hmm. us that that insight into that. Because, first of all, it's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And to share those demons is a big deal. And we appreciate that. So Yeah. Yeah. And in the interest of time, I know we could talk to you for hours, but we don't want to take take all your time this afternoon. Um, we can always bring her back. That's true. For oh part, for parts yeah. two, for, part two, two through ten. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. It's like the Let's Lamb do it. Land before time series. Yeah, we just, we'll just do one every week. <laughs> just like this Elizabeth Cunningham chick is kind of like taken over, like the normalizing non-monogamy. Have you listened to the sixth one? No, 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 no. I think I'm on the seventh. I, I'm either on like the fifth or the seventh. It's an odd number. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. We would love for you to plug your work and let people know where they can find you. And uh, then we'll have one more question before we let you go. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. uh, My name is Elizabeth Cunningham. My website is uh, Elizabeth Cunningham.com. So that's Elizabeth with a Z and without an E. And Cunningham, like clever pig. Well, we will. <laughs> links will be in the show notes, so nobody has to clever pig. I, <laughs> I was like, it takes a minute. It takes a minute, and then people are like, wait, clip. Oh. <laughs> and then you can also find me on Instagram at um, elz Cunningham. That one's easier. So if you if you don't remember the website, just remember the Instagram elz Cunningham. That's way easier. Amazing. And, and they'll all be in the show notes. Yes. And, so you can just go to the show notes, yeah. click on the link. You don't have to type that all in if you don't. Yeah. Want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Before we let you go, we would love for you to share any bloopers that you would want to share, like fun stories that can be sex related, they can be relationship related, anything that you um, have. Oh my God. Oh my God. Seriously. I have so many, like over 12 years of just like wrecking balling my way through all of this shit. I have so many, um, (laughs) like we can make a blooper Elizabeth Cunningham bloopers real show. Um, (laughs) cue cue the, cue the Miley Cyrus wrecking ball. She just blasts through the wall, like the Kool-Aid man. Like here I am. We're going to, we're going to make some bloopers today. No, I, I swear to goodness, like from the ages of 21 to 25, I was literally just like, I was like, all right, like here I am, here I come. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> not to say that there wasn't any bloopers after that as well. Um, I think cause I have sad bloopers moments, but then I have funny bloopers moments. Let's do, let's do funny. Um, okay. So funny, um, sexual one, um, is like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, which one? Hold on. Give me a sec. Like, Hmm. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. I'm not even going to cut this out. I'm not even cutting this out. Everyone's just at the edge of their seat. <laughs> just ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> oh my God. No. Okay. Well, I have to share it then because then it'll just be disappointing. Um, <laughs> Pure no, pressure okay. you into it. Yeah. Okay. So sex is weird, right? Like sex is fucking weird. There's sounds, there's juices, there's you know, there's smells, there's all sorts of like, first of all, like let sex be weird. Right. Um, and I think that the first time I had this partner when I was in my later twenties, um, and it was the first time that I really like owned my sexuality in a way where I like didn't feel necessarily timid because even though in the relationship category and like gaining a relationship category, I've always been very assertive sexually. I've been kind of timid and held back, um, which is interesting. Um, so it wasn't until my later twenties where I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to, this is the body that I got. These are the moves that I got, you know, whatever, like let's, let's roll with it. Right. And so like in doing that, I had this partner and I don't even remember like exactly what happened, but there was just like this wacky noise, like that our bodies made together. Like we were just like having sex and all of a sudden it was like this, like, like, like it was just like this weird, weird noise. And then we couldn't stop laughing. And he was like still inside of me. And we're like, la like hysterically laughing. He's like literally laying on top of me inside of me. And we're like laughing hysterically. We're like, Oh my God, like this is a crit. What just happened? And like actually uh, like laughing ourselves. I remember like almost having an orgasm because he was like still in <laughs> and just being like, oh my God, what the hell? This is crazy. And then, okay, so that story ties into the second part, which, okay, so that happened. And then, like I said, um, Brandy was my parkour instructor, right? And there was one night where um, one of the women in the class was like, oh, I'm going to go on this date with this guy who like, we've been seeing each other for like a couple weeks. And I think that we're going to have sex tonight. And she was like, super freaked out about it. She was just like, Oh my God. She's like, it's been a while since I've had sex with anybody like da, 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 all this stuff. And we were, we were just like, just let it be weird. You know, just like, da, da, da. and I told her this story, right. I was just like, you know, all of that. And then literally Brandy. And again, like at the time it was just like, I'm, I haven't told them that I have a crush on them. I've been pretending that I don't. Um, and literally Brandy goes, Oh, I try to make my partners laugh like every session. It's like a goal of mine. And I like my whole body just like stopped. I was so turned on. And I was just like, I literally was like, <gasps> like I caught my breath. I was like, <gasps> and then I was like, and in my mind, I was like, okay, you're being weird. Now you're being weird. And like, <laughs> 
it's and, always great when you it's always great when you start telling yourself you're being weird do something do something <laughs> do something weird. do something do something so literally literally i was just like i was like <gasps> and then i was like okay turn around so she can't see your face okay now go climb that tree <laughs> <laughs> This, escape the situation. I just escaped the situation. I was like, literally my whole body was like hot. You know, when like you're, you're in a public situation and you get so turned on that you're like, this is so inappropriate for like the setting that I'm in right now. And, uh, <laughs> and I literally, but we were in a parkour class. So like climbing the tree was a viable option. And so I, <laughs> so I literally got so turned on that I felt so inappropriate that I turned around and climbed a tree behind me. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I want to. I want to offer uh, that the correct response. Would have, response. The correct response would have been, "Well, I laugh really easily," and then and then you turn around and climb the tree and leave leave them thinking like, "What? What? What?" That's <laughs> that was okay. Just I, for next I, time, I needed you. I needed your coaching in that moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really useful five years after the fact. Yeah. I really can swoop in and help people. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, that was super useful, and, and I, I'll remember that next time that I'm embarrassingly turned on in a moment where I have a crush that I can't tell them that I'm my crush. <laughs> you just got to leak little I bits will, of it in there. I will. I will. I will remember this moment. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I also I also want to honor like the vision I had in my head. Like normally when people like get into a moment that's like super awkward and they have to like uh, fumble and walk away and like in parkour you just like run over that building and jump through that and then you're like and like what just happened? like where'd she just wizard it off into like the sunset? But you're in a parkour. I, I understand, so it's but it's it's a much more elegant exit if you're yeah. if you're like yeah. parkouring out of it instead of Homer Simpson into the bush. Right. Like it's a very different exit. Totally. So. I, I did. I actually part. I have parkoured inappropriately before. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I was in a bridesmaid's dress. I tried to do a parkour thing. I ended up bleeding on the dress. I'm so sorry, Kelsey. I still feel bad about that. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, her sister had a tide to go pin, so we were all good. But wow. if 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 they didn't, that's the response. That's that's a failure. You always carry those to a wedding. That's yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so wedding must have yeah. Yeah, so. yeah we got tips all, ar- all across right? the board. All wedding the tips. tips, flirting tips, parkour tips. I know. Man, this, I know. Relationship awesome. tips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us today. I oh do hope gosh. we get you back on because this has been a, a delight and I'm sure we could find a lot more to talk about. But is there anything we didn't ask about or talk about that you want to get out in the world before we let you go today? Um, I, no, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm super stoked that y'all had me on the show. I am just thankful for the opportunity. And also, like, thank you so much for the work that you do. Like, thank you for putting this show together. I mean, no one told you to do this, right? You were just like, you were just like, no, I think that we should do this. And like, 
thank you. Thank you for having that thought and then acting on that thought because these are the exact types of conversation. Cause it is, he's just like, we're just being fucking weird humans. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just like, we're just trying to do our, we're just trying to do our best like everybody else. Um, and so really thank you for having these conversations. I really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, enjoy your afternoon, your evening. We know you're off to the to the theater. Enjoy <laughs> it. And we will talk soon. All right. Thanks. Yes. Talk Bye. soon. Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for such a wonderful conversation, for being vulnerable with us, and for the amazing work that you do. And just a reminder, you can find links to all of the work that Elizabeth does in your show notes. In what are you laughing at? I was just finished. You're fine. <laughs> you can find links to everything from that Elizabeth does in your podcast player or on the show notes on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. All right. Yes. I, stop staring at me. I will tell you what I'm laughing at in a minute. Finn's over here just cracking up while I'm trying to talk. The whole point of that was thank you, Elizabeth, for coming on, for sharing your story. Um, your bloopers are absolutely hilarious. You're just we had a great time laughing so we can't wait to have you back on do it again and just keep kicking ass out there in the world yes very very much so thank you so much and a quick reminder sign up for our upcoming virtual meet and greet on november 30th these are open anyone you just must be open-minded and respectful and you can sign up on our website by clicking on the events tab and you can also grab yourself a, a Give Love shirt. Yes, we still have shirts available. Those perfect gifts. Sweatshirts. Sweatshirts, shirts, yeah. tank tops. Any weather that you're in, you can grab a Give Love shirt. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Nailing this, nail nail this in promotion. It. All right. Next week, we are super excited. So you may remember back in episode 145, we had a triad on the podcast who goes by Mel, Rot, and Tom. Well, that's because that's their names. That's their names. Yeah. So they've been going by their names <laughs> their, their whole lives, pretty yes. much. <laughs> yes. But they are coming back on for a part two and an update. And oh boy, do they have some updates. Like so, a baby. Like a baby. Spoiler alert. Wow, you just went out right out there and spoiled it all. No, no one's listening. So <laughs> if you want to go back and listen to episode 145 before next week, feel free. But... You don't worry. You can still listen to this episode without that one. You'll be lost, though. <laughs> it's amazing either way. Okay. The thing I was laughing at, Emma. Oh, now you're going to sell us. Okay. No, I always put this good stuff at the end. Okay. Because <laughs> this was actually going to be my plug for STD check. Okay. But I decided it would probably get us in trouble. Okay. So I was going to start with, well, it's almost Thanksgiving, and perhaps your second cousin's coming into town, and you've always <laughs> <laughs> Because it's legal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought it was going to be, it would just wow people and then they'd go and do it. But but maybe they have like, they're having like a Friendsgiving and they can go meet people. I think you missed the whole point. I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm acknowledging. I didn't miss the whole point. I just skipped over your point. Se second cousin twice removed. I just skipped over your point. Cousin-in-law. I'm trying to still find it useful for stcheck.com. Yeah, but we're not supposed to be promoting stuff in the outro. True. Anyway. Okay. I thought we were promoting humor. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening this far. And thank you for sending us no hate mail regarding this. <laughs> These are the things that go on in my brain, and I'm sharing them with you. I trust you. End of the episode, listeners. We For anyone in the U.S., we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And is that all we got? That's all we got. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs>